Welcome back to the Own Your Potential podcast, where you'll hear stories from leaders across the globe about how they've taken control of their career growth and lessons on how you can too. I'm Peter Streba, and today I have the extreme pleasure of sitting down with Richard Penny, who's the founder and CEO at Reactor Labs, who are the creators of HomeAR.io. Richard, really excited to have you on the podcast today. I've been looking forward to having this conversation. Why don't we just kick it off with you taking us through your career journey up until this point? Hey, Peter. Thanks very much for having me. I've, I've been looking forward to it too. Yeah, as you mentioned, I'm founder and CEO of a company called Reactor Labs. We're specialists in augmented and mixed reality. And right now, our focus is on transforming the buying experience for new construction through a product we've called Home AR. So just if, if you'll allow me, I'll just unpack that quickly. You know, when you, when you think about it, well, tech's really changed pretty much everything we buy in our lives from the food we eat and the places we stay and even the cars that get us there. The experience of buying a new home really hasn't changed much since the 70s or 80s. And this is in spite of the fact that people are spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars every time. So that's a big problem, we think. And so that's what we're focused on. We're bringing emerging tech like AR to bear on what is a pretty tricky problem, but one that we think is really worth solving. So... And the good thing is I get to indulge my inner geek and play with some cool tech like smart glasses and drones and other cool gadgets. And yeah, so that's that's where the journey's led me to this point. It's certainly a really exciting time. I, I'm excited to dig into that a little bit afterwards, but you know, I'm sure there's a, a, a bit of a story in terms of how you ended up here uh, with this startup. But I'm, I'm curious, you know, tell me a little bit about, because this is a huge accomplishment, right? Successfully, uh, you know, pursuing such an endeavor and then getting off the ground and starting to get momentum. Do you find it difficult talking about your accomplishments at all? Does that come naturally to you? Because I have to imagine that being at the head of a company, you have to do it with a little bit of confidence, right? Yeah, you do. And I think as a New Zealander, we're actually not naturally very good at talking about ourselves and our accomplishments. And that's probably what it is actually a genuine flaw that we have as a culture. And I think as a culture, we're trying to fix it, but it's pretty deeply ingrained. And so when I talk about my career path, I find it a lot easier to talk about the learnings and in some cases, some of the humility, the humility that comes with those. Um, but, but the positive uh, inverse of that is, you know, what those uh, learnings enable you to do. Uh, and that's really the context of how I like to talk about where I am. And that does ultimately lead to talking about achievements, but it's really talking about, you know, what's enabled us to get to that point rather than the thing that we've achieved. And again, it, it might be a Kiwi thing and maybe made worse as a, as a Richard Penny thing, but it's... Um, it's probably something that a lot of people listening to this pod can, can probably relate to. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like this idea of, you know, focusing on the learnings and the outcomes, right? And that'll tell the story in itself. It'll talk about the impact. It'll, you know, ultimately, if the outcomes were positive, then it's, it's going to talk about the accomplishments in a positive way. So I, I think that makes absolute sense. And, you know, I'm curious, though, circling back, you're, you're here, you're at the head of a company, you're doing really exciting things and, and kind of digitally transforming the home buying experience. But you kind of mentioned there, there was a journey that led up to this point. Was it a, a linear one? Did it have twists and turns? Tell me a little bit about how we got here. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't call it linear and I wouldn't call it standard. And, I, you know, I, I, I'd love to be the, the startup founder that's standing on the stage talking about this vision I saw in the clouds or, you know, how I was hyper-focused hyper from, a, from a young age. But, uh, you know, it's really not been like that. So, you know, it hasn't been a how I navigated the path of the corporate world to achieve success. It's really a, a story of a person who was, you know, driven as, to try as hard as I could um, and really to apply myself as best I could to what I was doing at the time without necessarily 
knowing what was coming next, but with some belief and probably a little bit of hope that that would create opportunities for the next stage. So that's kind of been the the theme, really. It's been about sort of working through periods of self-doubt, which, again, I think, you know, most of us, most of us experience. So working through those and minimizing those while taking full toll of those those periods that come along, you know, where suddenly it's, holy heck, I'm really good at this and, you know, really leaning into those and finding a seam where, you know, it's about, you know, for me really when I look back, it's really been about finding a seam where opportunity and ability and interest happen to align uh, and then following that as hard as I could to the next point. So that's really been the way we've, you know, the, the journey's gone and it's been it's it's been exciting. I mean, it's, it's not... Uh, you know, not a story of um, starting as an astronaut and uh, leading my way to, you know, to being a spy or anything like that. It's taken me from um, some fairly, you know, uh, fairly standard sort of jobs in the corporate world where I learned a lot about the, the good and the bad of business. And looking back, I was probably that annoying 20-something telling everybody with grey hair that the business needed to change or it was going to die. Um, and, you know, that's where I started to work out that starting things and challenging the status quo was perhaps what I most enjoyed and perhaps where I had some strength, but didn't necessarily always endear me to the people that I work with. So that was sort of the, the corporate piece. And then I, that then took me on a progression through to uh, taking the skills that I'd learned there and going into consulting role uh, at primarily our marketing strategy. And I, I roamed around New Zealand quoting Michael Porter and drawing BCG matrices. And uh, <laughs> then when, I, when I look back, it makes me cringe a little bit, not because I wasn't right, but because I was doing it as a 20-something-year-old without any real depth of understanding of what those business owners were, were really dealing with in reality. And in some cases, that was just simply trying to survive and make payroll and live another day. And here's some some guy waving his arms around and telling them all about the importance of, of differentiation and picking your uh, competitive strategy and et cetera, et cetera. So, little cringy there but anyway again all, all, all with good intentions and then that led me to founding a small uh, a small agency with one of my clients a marketing agency and building that up and that really was a fun time it allowed me to employ some great people and some other people um, it did some really cool stuff with some awesome <laughs> clients and uh, then the the somewhat awful realization that I hadn't followed a lot of my own consulting advice uh, and and therefore hadn't really built a business that was particularly valuable or sustainable. And the net result of that, combined with some customers deciding to do different things, that meant that that ultimately failed. And that was painful and humiliating and lots of learnings there and the feeling of letting people down and finding myself in the, uh, at the age of sort of, I think, in my mid-40s, really having to pick myself up and 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 work out what, what I was going to do next. And I'm, I'm grateful that I think the combination of the experiences that I'd had along the way put me in a position to find the clarity and recognise that the combination of the experiences that I'd had and the battle scars and the skills uh, actually put me in a really good spot to create my, my own business, which ultimately is what I'd always wanted to do. So the result of that really seemingly very negative experience, and it was a very painful experience and, you know, for me and for others, but it meant that I actually found myself in the perfect position to do something that I'd always wanted to do. Um, but it had never really been the right time or there was a too good an excuse or I was just going to get that promotion or whatever. So that's what led me to go, right, now's the time. I'm going to do the startup. And that's really what led me, led me to where I am right now. I find that so interesting, the, the, the idea that you hadn't really followed your own advice potentially and that you didn't have a business that was positioned in a you know distinct and unique way in the market or that was really differentiated in, in the value it added. You started to see your clients go different ways and, and, and failure ensued. But I'm curious... 
did it happen fast? Was it sudden or was there time that kind of lapsed and it was like a slow burn? What did, how did that failure kind of come around? And then while it was happening, I'm very curious, did your mind immediately start to see the opportunity that, you know, th- this is sort of happening? And I'm going to get the opportunity to do this this startup that I've been wanting to do for quite some time. And it's just out of necessity now. I need to pivot to something else. Now's better time than ever. Yeah. So regarding that, you know, the failure, um, I think, you know, looking back at the inability to create something really unique um, was something that obviously happened over a period of time. And, you know, the, the creative agency space is, is very challenging. It's very competitive. And uh, we were trying really hard to build a point of difference around technology. And uh, and we, so we had a strategy there, but for a range of reasons, we didn't really follow through on that. And that was, again, just through some of the pressures of, of running a business, you know, when you've got the opportunity to uh, take work that is paid versus work that is really core to your mission. Uh, you know, when you're a small business and you've got staff and payroll, then, uh, then you find yourself taking the work that is going to pay unless you're a, 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 you know, a very brave person or, uh, or you have some, uh, some deep pockets to dig, dig into. And so we did what is pretty natural for a lot of businesses and, and followed our customers. And, and unfortunately, whilst that meant that we actually built this, you know, a, a significant business and did some work for amazing companies, the relationships there are never permanent. And, uh, and behind those relationships, there wasn't much that was different. So we saw that coming and we, that was my entree into augmented and, and mixed reality. Some of the team and I were, were really pushing into that and were looking to change the shape of the business. But for a whole range of reasons, um, we tried hard, but we weren't able to do that within that business. But that allowed me to learn a lot and see the opportunities that were that were coming. And that's really so. When I did find myself thinking about what's next, you know, I still had belief in potential of this technology. Still had real interest in that, and uh, um, and still had the the thoughts about how I could make that into a business. But then the decision more came from okay, I'm in my mid forties. I have a mortgage. I've uh, a family and uh, is this the right time to be doing this or should I go just go and get a job and I've got to say I mean I went back and forth on that a fair bit but uh, with the support of uh, of the family and, and particularly my wife uh, the, the decision was now's the time so it's great to be able to do that and frankly you couldn't do it without the support that I had because uh, otherwise you'd be forever thinking that you'd done something that was uh, a little selfish and possibly putting your family's you know finances at risk so that's that, that's where we got to, and uh, yeah, that, the other thing that allowed me to lean into that was the fact that you know confidence in the experiences that I had um, and the things that had shaped me to get to that point, which meant that I had confidence to, to not only come up with a business idea, but uh, what it would take to actually make that idea into an opportunity, to convince others of that opportunity, because ultimately you know we needed to get some investment. Um, yeah, and that means I could get people to help me. It means I could raise capital. It meant that I could take an idea, you know, an idea into a uh, into a fledgling business. So didn't have those skills at 25. Some people do. I didn't. Um, but yeah, as I say, starting it at 45 does come with some uh, some other complexities, and uh, certainly focuses the mind uh, when you're thinking about what the alternatives are if you uh, are able to make the business into a success. Yeah, I, I find that super interesting. And I had a conversation with one of these podcasts with uh, a gentleman by the name of Rishi Nair, and he is the founder of a startup here in Canada called Pocket Health and quite different circumstances within which it was started. He made a conscious decision to step away from a lucrative corporate role in his early mid-20s 
understanding that he was able to take on that sort of risk and not make an income for a number of years. And, you know, his pursuit for success was driven by, you know, a desire to make impact in the space that is startup kind of focused. But that's fundamentally very different from your situation where you had real urgency once you made the decision to move forward with this startup that is you know, situated right at the center of a passion that you have around augmented reality and mixed reality and solving for a real need in an industry that, as you mentioned, has been stagnating for so, so long. Do, do you feel that that urgency is it was an accelerator to the success and the progress? Because you knew that, you know, if you're going to go in, all in on this, it, it has to succeed, right? There's there's no other option for but for it to succeed. And do you, do you find that that was an accelerant? I, I do. I, I, I There's no question that the sort of the burn the boats mentality uh, definitely focuses the mind and it's what gets you up at 5 a.m. And, and keeps you going when you'd rather go and have a beer. But um, the same, I guess by the same token, the other the, the benefit of being uh, where I am and the experience I've got, that I do have the confidence that, you know, if this didn't work out, then, you know, you're going to get a job and that's not the worst thing that happened, right? So you think about what, what what's the worst that can happen going and getting a job, that's, you know, you can live with that. So I think that the desire to succeed probably overrides the fear of failure um, because the fear of failure, the failure is mostly for your own expectations and then it's unlikely to be complete financial ruin. So, yeah. I think that's uh, that's the bit that keeps me going, and every every milestone you hit, great feeling of you know of achievement. And this comes back to that um, thing at the start where it's very, and it's not often sort of stop and reflect on achievement, but just you know when you when you do every milestone, just and when it's a startup, it's surviving that next month, getting that first customer, getting that first overseas customer, raising that first capital. These these milestones, and they just build the confidence and. Yeah, I think that that's that's what keeps you going, really. So yeah, it's been an exciting time. I, re- I really enjoy it, and yeah, I I do often think, geez, I wish I was doing this in my twenties. But the reality was, I, I didn't have the skills I needed in my twenties, and the circumstances that come together to, to allow me to do it now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to touch a little bit on kind of the the overarching journey that you've been on because you've had the corporate roles, you've then gone on and started you know, a, a different company prior to this, but that was more focused in that kind of um, agency or consulting space. So it, was, it leaned more heavily to the kind of traditional corporate environment. And now you're essentially running a tech startup, right? And so those are fundamentally very different professional growth experiences, right? First, it's what, how, how do I secure my next promotion? How do I ensure that I grow and continue to progress my career? Then it's, I'm starting a consulting company and uh, you know, I need to grow the business one, but then hire good people and create a culture for them to grow. And now you're in, a, you know, wildly different potential growth culture. And I'm curious to hear, you know, how has your mindset shifted about growth from one kind of stage of your journey to the next? And and maybe describe, you know, what what is it culminated in in terms of what it's like now with the team that you're building with Home AR? It's not something actually I've thought too much about, but now that you ask, I mean, I guess you know when you start. Right at the start of a startup, um, you know, where you come out of, I guess, let's say more traditional corporate roles, and uh, and you've had the, you know, hopefully had the luxury of getting to a point where you're maybe in a in a in a strategic or leadership role, um, and so therefore your job is quite different to what it was, you know, the, to what it was the, earlier in your career, and then all of a sudden you start your own business, and yeah, you get to do the strategy stuff, but then you also get to do everything else, and um, and for a while. That's great because you're like, okay, if 
got these skills and I really know what I want and I really want to, um, you know, control this and, um, and, and create the business that I want. And that's exciting. And then you get to a point where you go, geez, I wish there was someone else to help me make some of these decisions or, um, you know, geez, I wish there was someone else to write that piece of copy or whatever it is. And so, so you get to that next stage. And so then, um, so having gone from, you know, leadership role and perhaps other people were doing more of the executional stuff to doing everything and then going on that path again, really. And I think that's kind of, you know, that, that's on the, the path that I'm on right now. We've gone from myself and my, my, uh, my developer and then you hire the next person and then, you th- then all of a sudden you start to think again, all the stuff that you thought about years ago but hadn't thought about for some time around, well, how do I create a great role for this person? How do I, how do I be a leader again rather than a doer? And, uh, and how do I create a career path? And um, yeah, for that person, and then then you get to the next stage. If you if you're fortunate enough, you go from being answerable answerable only to yourself, and in my case, my wife, uh, to uh, having shareholders and having a board and having a boss again, effectively. And then thinking about well, what does stakeholder management look like, and uh, what does that look like in this context versus what it was like in you know in my previous life. And so I haven't really thought too much about that, but you sort of almost feel like you reset and start again. And I guess the, with the benefit of some hindsight and some previous experience, but it's, it's certainly slightly different in your own business. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting to hear you describe it because you talk about it like the initial experience of going through the growth, uh, you know, from kind of a doer into a leader and a strategic leader, and then uh, having a reset in a totally different context, but now progressing through that same kind of story arc, but at a very accelerated rate, right? Given the the nature of kind of the tech startup space and how your business is growing. So I find that particularly interesting to 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 hit that reset and do it again, but really quickly is is really cool. And I, I'd never really thought about it that way. And I, I'm glad that you've kind of articulated it like that. And you touched on something I found really interesting, the idea that, you know, you initially start up uh, home AR and you know, you're trying to secure that first client or doubt that boss, you're the leader kind of at the helm of the company. And then you secure kind of investors and you have a board and now suddenly you have a boss again, but it's fundamentally different. Talk a little bit more about that. How does the mindset shift, right? Like it's still your baby and you're trying to grow this and shape it and put out this, this perfect product. But now you once again have, you know, people that you're answering to. And I know that, you know, for someone who would embark on something like this, you're probably your hardest critic, but then you know, do you find that difficult to manage with the board as well? I mean, I, I do. And, and the harshest critic piece is absolutely correct. Um, and, I, and I do find myself going to those board meetings, you know, with a fair amount of, uh, you know, nervous energy that's built up. And it's a quite a different environment to presenting to your management team. Um, and, you know, and I've had, I've worked for great management teams and I've worked for other management teams, really. And in this case here with a board who are fundamentally, you know, their success is tied to your success for the most part. They are, you know, it's a very supportive environment and, uh, and they're looking to, to, to find ways to help you as opposed to, you know, we all know that in some corporate environments, that's not always what you get when you bring your ideas or, or, or you know, you're being evaluated by by the you know stakeholders, so so I find myself probably with some legacy sort of apprehension going into these uh, sessions, thinking how's how's our progress going to be perceived, how is my leadership going to be perceived, and every time without fail it is perceived in a positive way, and the messages are of support, and how can we help as opposed to why haven't you done this, why haven't you done that? So it's quite a different thing, and I know that 
um, that that also happens in in corporate roles and and great leadership teams build that same environment, but it's not always the case. So, you know, I I, it's, um, I find myself each each um, board meeting preparing myself with a fair amount of nervous energy, and then coming out of it very energized and ve- feeling very supportive as supported, and you know, have feeling like I've got a great team behind me. Really, you know, it's it's funny that you say that though, because I I, I I'm a strong believer of the idea if you are deeply passionate about something, you care about something. Like for example, in this case, the company and the the kind of the product or, that you founded, you're going to be nervous. And that's going to keep you sharp. And yeah. it's going to mean that you're going to prepare and over-prepare. And it's likely going to mean that you're going to perform or outperform where you thought you may have. And that's likely why, you know, at the end of it, you walk out of those board meetings, you know, having received a reaction that was probably significantly more positive than potentially you expected. But yeah. I think that's because of how how much you care and, and that nervousness, I think, is is important. I think it has to be there because it keeps you sharp and it makes sure that, that you know, you're you're on your toes and you're performing at kind of like your peak. I, I, I strongly believe in that. I'm curious because I feel like maybe in, you know, when you were running your, your previous company uh, versus now, if I had asked, I bet that your answer to this question may be a little bit different, you know, prior to starting home AR versus now in this environment. But I like to ask the question around, you know, what sort of legacy are you working to leave behind? And I'm curious when you were leading kind of a consulting company or agency, you know, was the legacy that you were hoping to leave behind fundamentally different than the one that you're hoping to leave behind now with this startup? Uh, or maybe do you even not think about that really? Uh, is it not something that you're conscious of? Yeah, I would say that previously I didn't think a lot about my legacy. And again, you know, I, I wish I had thought more about that and having been more deliberate about what I wanted to achieve, I guess, is, is, is another way of sort of thinking about the retrospective in terms of you know how I think about it now, and I do think a lot about it a lot more, but it's through the lens of look back and feel like I've fulfilled potential uh, as opposed to what other people think. Um, so it's really about what I think and 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 how, how I've uh, yeah fulfilled what I believe my potential to be. Um, and and again, as a dad, and this is something I only thought about obviously in the last few years as a father of young kids, is is be a great role model to them both in terms of what I achieved from a career point of view, but also how I did balance that as a as a father and a husband sort of thing. So I know that's a bit cliche, but that's really far more important to me than you know, I used to think that accolades and 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 recognition from peer, excuse me from peers was was a real motivator. But I think as I get older and a bit more philosophical, I really think it's more about how I perceive, you know, how I've performed against my potential and and what I've been able to demonstrate as a as a role model to my my kids. I think that's a really beautiful sentiment, and it's one that resonates particularly with me. I think we chatted prior to to starting our recording. I also have two little ones, and I really like the way that you've articulated that and this idea and sentiment of of fulfilling your potential and making sure you're satisfied with the things that you've achieved, as opposed to you know looking for accolades and kind of accreditation from others, is a really important one. And I'm sure that it's a one that makes. Uh, setting goals that much more validating. So I, I'm I'm glad that you articulated it that way, Richard. I I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and having this conversation. It's been a really great one. Uh, I, I look forward to reconnecting again in the future and seeing where Home AR is in a in a little bit of time. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. It's been really interesting. It's been an interesting retrospective that I don't often do. So I've enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. 